Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I have heard you, replied Jeremiah the prophet. I will certainly pray to the Lord your God as you've requested. I will tell you everything the Lord says and will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be a truthful and faithful witness against us if we don't act in accordance with everything the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Whether it's favorable or unfavorable, we will obey the Lord our God to whom you are sending so that it will go well with us for we will obey the Lord our God. Verse 7 says, 10 days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So he called together Johanan, son of Korea, and all of the army officers who were with him, and all of the people from the least to the greatest. And he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to whom you sent me to present your petition. If you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I'm grieved over the disaster I've inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you, and I will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion, so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. However, if you say, we will not stay in this land, and so disappear the Lord your God, And if you say, no, we will go and live in Egypt, there we will not see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread. Then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. If you go, the fear will overtake you there and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt and there you will die. Indeed, all who are determined to go to Egypt to settle there will die by the sword. Famine and plague, not one of them will survive or escape the disaster I will bring on them. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. We go down to verse 19. It says, O remnant of Judah, the Lord told you, do not go to Egypt. Be sure of this. I warn you today that you made a fatal mistake when you sent me to the Lord your God and said, pray to the Lord our God for us. Tell us everything he says and we'll do it. I've told you today but you have still not obeyed the Lord your God in all he sent me to tell you. So now, be sure of this, you will die by the sword, famine and plague in the place where you want to go to settle. Amen. If you just turn, just quickly, I wasn't going to do this, but just turn to the previous chapter in chapter 41, right down at verse 17 as well. And it just says this one sentence. This is the previous chapter. And they went on stopping at Geroth Kimmim near Bethlehem on their way to Egypt. Say that after me, on their way to Egypt. I want you to remember that because this whole passage, 42, read it when you get home, is packed full of great content and scripture about God's plan for our lives. Many of you have probably got on your fridge or you may have or heard many times the Jeremiah 29 scripture that says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you a good hope and a future. We all know that scripture and I do too and I've had it spoken over my life. 
that the plans of God are always there for me. But sometimes we just wonder what they are, don't we? We question, are we in God's will? And this morning I want to unpack this scripture and ask the question, us as Christians, how do we know what God's will is for our lives? How do we know when we make decisions that we're in line with God's will? And this whole passage is packed full of it. So let's start off by the first thing that these people did in Jeremiah 42. They asked God. They asked him. I don't know when the last time was that you asked God what he wants to do with your life. But I want to just remind you this morning that this is what they did. At that time in in, in this Old Testament, they would ask the prophet to go and pray. They'd say, we want to hear a message. The prophets would be actively receiving word from the Lord for the people. Today, you might go to churches and you, as soon as the prophet's in town, you kind of run to that church just to hear whether a prophet's going to say a word for you. Believe you me, I've done it. I've been to conferences where I know that there's seminars where prophets are in operation. And I want to be there because I want to hear the next word, what is going to be said over my life. Right from the very word go, when I became a Christian eight years ago, the first thing that as soon as my heart filled with passion for God, The one thing I want to know is, what does he want me to do? What's a great plan for my life? You see, many preachers will say, God's got a plan for you, a destiny for you. Don't go into the world. Don't don't go after all the things in the world. Because God's got an awesome plan. And let me tell you, that is true. Don't ever forget that. It is totally true. But sometimes we wander in our own direction away from that. And we're not patient. And the very things that we want to see God do in our lives, we follow our own path sometimes. In Jeremiah 42, the beginning of this passage, when they ask God, through a prophet, Jeremiah, they say, go and pray for us. Go and ask God what he wants us to do. Because we don't know where we should go or what we should do. Isn't that the biggest question that you have today? Two big things. Where am I going to live and what am I going to do? Where am I going to live and what am I going to do? There's so many places all over the world you can live today. And so many people here today have moved from different countries. And we can travel to the other side of the world in hours. And this day and age, the biggest question in our lives, because we can do that, is where am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because there's so many options to choose from. And sometimes in the place of fear where they were, you see, they were in, in Jerusalem. They wanted to escape the king of Babylon. This story talks about the king of Babylon causing havoc in that, in that country. And they wanted to escape to Egypt, a place where they knew that if they went there, they would be free from trouble, it says. They said they'd be free from fear from the king of Babylon. They'll be free from the threat of famine. So they would get food in their bellies. Basically, they wanted to go to a place of comfort, a place where they knew that there'd be no trouble. And in fear, they were not sure where to go, what to do. And sometimes we can be like that. We can be in a place where we don't really know where to go or what to do because of of the fear of the things around us. Maybe our job's not going the way we want it to go. Maybe the things that in our lives that a few years ago were running very, very smoothly, then all of a sudden... 
Things start to change. Things start to look a bit rocky. Your job's not going the way you wanted it to go. And then you start to question, is this really the place for me? Because things aren't going that right. And in fear, we ask God sometimes in our prayers. Many of us ask in our prayers. Many of us seek and run after the prophet to give the next word. And when we're anxious and confused, sometimes, let me tell you this, it's the best place for God to speak to us. You might not think it. You might say, the best place for me, for God to speak to me, is when I'm in a conference, when I'm in a big, big place worshipping God. The Spirit of God's moving and I feel great. My life is on top of the world. Everything's going fine. It's then when I know God can speak to me as I worship Him. But let me tell you this, sometimes the best place that God can speak to you is when you're going through trouble, when you don't know the way to go next, when you don't know the next direction you should choose, when you don't know where you should go or what you should do. Because it's then when we trust the Almighty. Amen? It's then when we say, God, we don't know what to do. Things aren't going right for me. I don't know what to choose. I don't know if this is the right job. I don't know if I go here and live here. This is the right thing to do. Let me tell you this. The decisions that you make in minutes will affect the rest of your life. In a one minute, you can make one decision that can affect years of your life. Many times, I've gone through my life and I can't say that I've made all the right decisions. And I believe God, sometimes He says He has plans for us, not one plan. You see, I believe this, when we make mistakes and we choose the wrong thing, you say this, well, how, well, what happens then? Does God scrap his plan? No, he doesn't. I believe God has to readjust. God has to readjust to our mistakes. Pick up the pieces. Readjust and say, wow, this has happened. Now I've got to make things go in this path. Maybe it might not always be the ultimate plan that he desired for you because of our ignorance and disobedience. But he has to readjust. And I want to just stress this morning the importance of avoiding God having to readjust all the time. But to seek his will. Are you asking God this morning for for his approval on your plans? Are you asking him? Saying, God, this is my plans. This is what I want to do. Have it all worked out? Doesn't it look good? We might be asking for permission of ours. You see, the people in this story, what they were doing is when we read the verse in the previous chapter, in chapter 41, what did it say? They were on their way to Egypt. They knew where they were going. They had a plan. They knew exactly what they were doing. They didn't just go to the prophet and say, we don't know what to do, we just want to stay here until you tell us. They were traveling. They were going to where they wanted to go. And I want to ask this morning, are you doing the same? Are we doing the same? Are we just traveling towards our plan, just hoping that we'll go our direction unless God changes otherwise? Jesus said this, didn't he? Ask me for anything. As I said, we have to ask him. Jesus said, ask me for anything. But as long as it brings glory to the Father. 
He didn't say, ask me for whatever you want. Ask me if you want to go and do this in this country. And I'll just say, yes, do it. Ask me and I'll do whatever you want, Phil. You can do whatever you want as long as it looks good. He said, ask if it brings glory to the Father. Which means this, that his will is always central to the decisions we make. And you might say this morning, what's his will? What is his will then? It's difficult to tell sometimes. You thought I was going to tell you what his will was. But it's always difficult to tell. Jesus said this, didn't he, as well? Don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the things that you need. Food, clothes. I'll give you these things. If what? You seek his kingdom first. You see, I, after eight years of being a Christian, still do not fulfill and live that that scripture. It sounds awesome, doesn't it? It sounds awesome that you don't have to worry that you'll get everything if you just put his kingdom first. Let me tell you, I haven't done it fully yet. And I'm still waiting for the day that I can fully trust him. And say, God, I believe you. I know that you'll do everything for me. That it doesn't matter if my account looks low. And that I don't know if where the next food's going to come from to feed the kids. And all these things that we can get worried about. That's an awesome place to be in and that is full trust in God. But Jesus said this, he reminds us, you can ask me of anything. Not just things to glorify yourself, but to glorify my Father. Jesus didn't come to die on a cross so that we can all have a happy life and just be blessed. That's why I don't believe in just being blessed all the time. I believe that we are are blessed when we put his kingdom first, when our hearts are right and we're always focusing on the kingdom of God and we're saying, God, it doesn't matter. I thank you for what you did in my life. I thank you for saving me. I thank you that I received salvation. The biggest gift you can ever have. When you grasp that, you'll realize that materials, the things that you want, mean nothing at all. Nothing. James 4 said this, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on pleasures. Do you ask with the wrong motives? Sometimes you ask God, And he can read you like a book. He knows exactly what your real motive is. You cannot fool God, let me tell you that. You can't fool him with your words of how you pray and how you ask for things. If you mix the right words in the right way to make it look like you're thinking about him. He's bigger than that. He reads our hearts. And he's looking into our hearts this morning, including mine. And saying, Phil, what do you really want when you ask me? Do you really want what I want for you? I know what I want this morning. I don't care whether I have materials or not. I want to be living in his will. Because I'll tell you one thing. On the day that he returns, if you're living for materials on this earth, it's all going to go like that. You can't take it with you. It's not wrong to plan. You might say, well, is it wrong for me to plan and to put things... 
It's not wrong to plan. I always say this when people say, how do I make decisions? God gave us a brain. He gave us the ability, the complexity of the human brain to make decisions, didn't he? To make good decisions, wise decisions. That's why when Solomon said, when he said, ask of anything, he said, I want wisdom. Wisdom. Not materials. Wisdom. If there's one thing you should be asking, as well as what God wants to do in your life, let me encourage you, youth as well, when you're young and you want to know what God has in store for you, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Wisdom is beautiful, it says. When we're wise, we make godly, wise decisions that are in line with his will. His ultimate will. Sometimes you see people who are blessed because they are fulfilling God's call on their life. You see them fulfilling the ministry. And you think, wow, they are really blessed. Things good are happening for them. Let me tell you this, that God could withdraw the whole of the blessing within seconds as long as his will is not being fulfilled. Remember that. Number two this morning in this story is that we have to wait. We have to wait. What I love about this story is this, and it tells us a lot about the prophetic. And when people do ask God or they wait for God, he says this, that 10 days later in verse 7, 10 days later the word came to Jeremiah. These people in distress, in fear, go to Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, please tell us where to go. Please tell us what to do. Go and ask God. We don't know what to do. We're scared of the king. We're scared we're not going to have food. We're hungry. If we go to Egypt, look how good it looks there. Even though they were on their way. And Jeremiah doesn't just say, wait a minute, I'm just going to go and pray over here and I'm just going to come back to you and give you a word. Ten days later, ten days later, they receive the word from him. I want to ask you this morning, do you sometimes have, in this day and age, a fast food mentality of the prophetic and hearing from God? I'll tell you one thing that is changing in this world today is that we are wanting things quicker and quicker day by day. We live in a fast food mentality of that we just want things quick and fast. It's the very opposite to the heart of God. God says be patient, be wait and wait. Be still like we sung this morning. Be still in his presence. Don't worry about tomorrow. Wait. Because his timing is always right. His timing is always perfect. And we shouldn't have this fast food mentality. When we ask God for his direction. And his silence doesn't mean that he's lost for ideas. Sometimes we say this, we think, God's not responded to me. How many meetings have I been to and heard the prophet, but everyone else gets words except me? Maybe he's forgot about me. Maybe he hasn't got any plans for me. Jesus said this, for I know I have plans for you. We ask God for direction and we don't hear him. We think that he's forgot about us. Every person in this room that he's created, he has a plan, a beautiful plan for. Psalm 139 verse 16 says this. All the days 
ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to be. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before they came to be. Every day that is before you was written already. And it makes you wonder when we do make the wrong decisions, did he already know we were going to make these decisions wrong? But he picks up the pieces and readjusts. Never forget that he's always got a plan. And we need to exercise patience. In Psalm 27 it says this, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. You see, you say, if I wait, I'm going to feel weak. I can't cope like this anymore. I need to know the answers now. He says, you will soar like an eagle if you wait. I was watching a program the other night. I love documentaries. And one of the programs that was on, just saw a quick snippet of a, a program called The Human Planet. Emma hates it when she sees me watching documentaries. She always wants to watch other things. So I just try to watch it quick when she's not in the room. But I love programs like that. And this program, it just showed the, in the Mongolian mountains that the people who lived in this desolate place, they couldn't hunt for things. It was a very difficult place to hunt. So desolate that you couldn't hunt properly. And it said this one thing, which I thought was really, really good. It said this, it said that, Because they can't hunt, because of the territory, they have to adapt to it. They have to adapt to the territory they're in. And he said this one thing, he says that where they went for help to hunt, so they knew where things were because it was so desolate and vast that they would would hunt with the, they get help from the eagles. And you know the whole reason why they got help from the eagles and they trained themselves to adapt to this. The whole reason is this, because the eagle can see things on a different perspective. The eagle is so high, it looks around on this vast area, this big area that when you're down below, you are lost and confused. But it looks around, it can see where its target is, and it can signal, and they know by watching the eagles. And I just want to encourage you this morning, when it says you need to wait for God, and that you'll renew your strength, and you'll be like an eagle soaring. Do you know what it does? It doesn't always give us the answers. It doesn't always show us what we're going to be doing. In the full, in, in all its fullness. But what it does do is this. It gives us a heavenly perspective. A different perspective that says, you know what? I can see now things. I'm not so concerned about the materials. I'm not concerned about whether I'm going to get the food tomorrow. Because I'm seeing things on a heavenly perspective. I am risen up. Things are different from here. I know that when I got saved, all of a sudden the things that I wanted. I wanted to buy a car. I love these things now. But all of a sudden these, these desires just went from me. Because all I wanted was is God. And we get a heavenly perspective. Sometimes we get weak. And our journey we get weak. And God says just keep waiting. Wait on me. And you'll renew your strength like the eagle that soars. You will get a heavenly perspective. I know it's difficult sometimes to do that. But we have to exercise this patience. Verse 21 of Jeremiah 42 says this, they were still on their way to Egypt. How many of us are just traveling down our journey now saying, I've got an awesome plan. I know where I'm going. In fact, I'm going to do this. And actually, it all looks quite godly. In fact, 
You could look at it and the doctrine of all your plan looks perfect. You know where you're going to go. You're going to be in the ministry doing this, doing this certain thing in, an, in a certain country because it's nice and hot there. You want to do this. You've got all your plan worked out and it looks awesome. But it was never God's plan for you to do any of that. We need to check with God. We need to check with God that we are not asking for his approval. I never said the, the title of my me- message this morning is called Planning Permission Pitfalls. That kind of came to me because we're in the middle of thinking about building some toilets at the back, as you know. And one of the things that we, we are aware of when the, the plans have been drawn up, Tony is helping us drawing the plans up. One of the things with planning permission is this, that you can draw your plans for a building how you want it to be. You can put a door there, you can put uh, stairs here, do whatever you want when you draw it, and it might look perfect. But there's one thing that you always have to remember when you're, when you're submitting plans for planning permission, is that it adheres and conforms to the building regulations. There's documents that say, this has got to be like this, otherwise you won't be able to build it. And these people in Jeremiah 42 were trying to get permission of their plan. They were on their way to Egypt. Ask God, but while you do, we'll keep traveling for the next 10 days and wait for you to come and tell us. And it's just the same today. When we ask for planning permission, we can draw the best plan. It might look great in our eyes. But does it conform to the regulations of the kingdom? Does it conform your plans to the regulations of the kingdom of God that says, this is what we want to do in your will, Lord? And it has them attributes because otherwise God will say, no, you don't think about me, you think about yourself. One other interesting thing about this was that they brought the prophet with them. If you read the scriptures here, Jeremiah was brought with them on their journey. When they were on their way to Egypt and they asked him and said, will you ask God for us and tell us what we should do? They were on the way, the prophet was with them. And I don't know what you're like today, but not only can you have ideas and plans that are your own ideas, And out of God's will sometimes. But sometimes we can bring other people along with us. We begin to manipulate our friends and say, this is really what we believe God wants to do. And we bring all of our friends and even God with us. Didn't Jesus say this? Follow me. Follow me. Sometimes we're saying, follow me, God. Follow me, Lord. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Egypt. Don't you know, Lord, it looks, can't you see the sense in this? If we go there, it's great. We don't have to be worried about the king of Babylon. We don't have to be fearful of any of these things. And we bring our friends and we bring God along with us. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. We should remember that. Many years ago, when I first became a Christian, I, and I wanted to know the plans that God had for me and all the things that I should be doing, I had lots of ideas and plans myself, lots of things. And many years ago, I used to ask God, 
I used to pray and say, Lord, show me what I'm going to do in the future. Do you want me to do certain things? Reveal it to me, Lord. And guess what there was? Silence. Nothing. I didn't really hear anything. I didn't hear God say, you're going to do this and give me a picture of everything. But I remember I asked. And then all of a sudden, just like this, 10 days later, but for me it was longer. One day I went to a meeting. It was actually in this room. Organized by another church. And a prophet came. And in that time, I came to this meeting not even thinking about what I'd asked. Not even thinking about the things over the past that I'd asked. Never even thought that God wanted to speak to me. And I was in this meeting. And right before the meeting started, I was asked to stand. And someone spoke a word over me. And in that time, things were revealed to me. Things that have been happening recently. Things that would happen. And I wasn't expecting it, but I know that I'd asked God many years ago. Didn't Daniel, I'm not sure of the exact scripture, but didn't Daniel once pray? And it wasn't until later that the angel said, I've heard you pray, and and this was a long time after. And I knew then that God had heard my call. He'd heard my cry. And I want to encourage you that you have to wait sometimes. When I first got saved and I went to a conference, I went into a similar meeting to the one that happened here. And there was a prophet in this meeting. And I went in there and I was with a friend of mine. And as we listened to this prophet speak and some awesome stuff, Right at the end of it, and he prophesied to people, he didn't give me a word, and I was disappointed because I never heard him speak over my life, but he spoke of my friends. And I thought, why? How come you can speak to him but not to me? It's because my heart wasn't ready to hear and receive what God had to say. But many years later, when I least expected it, and I was sat here, God spoke to me when I least expected it. He didn't reveal everything. He never does. The best prophecies that you will ever hear are not things that tell you exactly what you're going to do. God doesn't do it that way. God will reveal in snippets. It's almost like a trailer to the film that you've been watching. He'll show you the little key bits. How many know that you can't watch that trailer and know exactly what's happening in the film? You've got to go tonight to watch the film. Yeah? You can't watch that and say, I've watched it, I'm going to stay in. It always pulls out the highlights. And that's what God does. He reveals the highlights in our lives. So that we, it's almost like the milestones in our life to take us through. And that's what he did for me. And I've learned that not to run after the prophetic. Not to run after hearing these words. Because there's one thing that's helped me since that word was delivered to me. that Because it showed me and confirmed some things that were already spoken over me separately. One thing it showed me is this, that God has it in order. As long as my plans that I have always adhere to his will. So I'm not too concerned about whether I've got things wrong sometimes. I just always think, is, if I do this, will it affect God's ultimate will, in the, gen- the general will of God, and will it affect the kind of things that I believe he's, he's been saying to me over the years? And if you do that, I believe my encouragement, and I might be wrong, is that it helps you make decisions through life. You see, when I, when I was at work and young and I was doing graphic design, I always wanted to have my own business in graphic design. I always wanted to do the things for me that would make money 
and achieve lots. And let me tell you this, my heart changed a lot when I knew what the thing, some of the things generally God has in store for me. And I want to pursue him more than them plans. And I encourage you this morning, if you've got things in your heart that you're thinking, yeah, but it tears me the other way. I want to, I want to do some of these things. I want to achieve some of these things. Just, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as we bring God into the picture. Amen. We just have to remember God. We have to wait. In Exodus 32, Moses, we all know the story when Moses goes up to the mountain. The people are down below. And he took that long, it says, that they started to make their own idols. They couldn't wait any longer. They thought, well, he's going up to speak to this God who he, he believes in. We can't wait this long. Let's make our own God. And that's what we can sometimes do. When we wait in that long, we think, is, really, is God really responding? And we start to make things in the image of God, that things look, that look like him. And we need to practice waiting and being patient. And finally, my third point is this, that we need to obey. We need to obey. If you just turn to James 4, as we finish on this last point. This bit of scripture talks about boasting about tomorrow. James 4 verse 13, it says this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say this. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. These are powerful scriptures. It's quite harsh as well. Telling us that if we don't do the things we know we should be doing with the right motive, that we're sinning against God. You probably never thought of it like that, that if you sometimes choose to, you're not necessarily doing a sin that's against the Ten Commandments, but sometimes just choosing your own way that looks godly. It has all the godly attributes, all the things that says God will like this, that we might just be sinning against him if we choose to do things our own way. And we shouldn't boast about all the things we're going to do unless we're living in his will. We're doing it because it's his will for our lives. The people said in the beginning of this chapter when they asked Jeremiah, they said, will you go and ask God? And what did they say? That even though they were on their way to Egypt, they said this, we will do whatever you say or God says favorable or unfavorable. Basically, whatever you tell us, Jeremiah, Whatever God says, even though we know we want to go to Egypt, whatever he says, whether it's good or bad, we want to do what God wants. How many of us have that kind of attitude? God, tell me what you want to do. I'll do whatever you want. I'll preach wherever you want me to preach. I'll go wherever you want me to go. 
It doesn't matter how dangerous it is, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's what they said. Favorable or unfavorable, we'll go. How wrong they were. How how hypocritical they were. When they asked and said them words, we do it all the time. We try to fool God into thinking that we will do anything he says. The truth is this. Can you really? In patience when you wait on God, you'll renew your strength. And in that strength will come an ability to be able to do anything when you wait. And the people said they'll do anything. We know that later on in the scripture, it says this, that when he responds to them and he gives them the, uh, in Jeremiah 42, when he gives them the answer and he says, "If if you go to Egypt, the same fears that you are having in this country, the same things that you're worried about in this country will actually overtake you there. He says the things that you think if you go there and, do, and, and you'll be fine and comfortable, the same worries that you have are going to overtake you there. He told them not only stay in this place, but if you actually go there, you'll, get, you'll have trouble. You don't think you will, but you will. And he said, in the land, if you stay there, I will restore it to you and I will bless you. So he actually says everything opposite to what they think if they stay in that land. How difficult it was for them to make that decision. We have to be very careful when we ask God what he wants us to do. I want to encourage you this morning, if, you don't, if you're not prepared to do whatever he wants, then don't ask him. There's no point asking God if you're not prepared to do anything for him. He will always give, he will, he will always allow you to do things in the faith that you have, the level of faith you have. But ask him, knowing that you're prepared to do it. I know that's the reason sometimes when I believe God reveals things to me, and he can reveal things to us through people and prophetic, that he only shows us snippets sometimes, the trailer bits, because he knows if he showed us everything, you'd not even do it. You'd not touch it. You wouldn't go near it. But in our journey, in building us up, in strengthening, and strengthening us through the word, over the years, I believe now that God is revealing things to me and helping me to say, I can show you a little bit more now. And that's how God works. He knows that we haven't got the ability to know everything at once. So we have to be patient and obey him. Whatever he says we should do. Asking God is the easy part. Listening and doing it is the hardest Everything I'm saying this morning is for me as well. Everything that's in these scriptures, I just see my life, that the struggles of making decisions and finding things hard. But this is truth. This is what God says. This is not what I'm saying. This is what the word of God says about our plans for our lives. God promised all the good things they wanted in Egypt and they just had to trust him if they stayed where they were. Disobedience to God, the opposite brings vulnerability doesn't it as soon as they would disobey it jeremiah said if you disobey don't you realize if you disobey you're going to be vulnerable you you have fallen into the hands of the almighty whatever you choose to do that is opposite to his will how many of you remember the story of jonah who knew what he had to do the good he had to do as we heard in James, knew the good that he ought to do to go and preach to Nineveh. 
But he said, Lord, you don't understand. I think it's better for me to go down somewhere else. I'm going to get a ferry somewhere else. I'm going to get out of here, Lord. This is the better plan. And when he did that, how many know that he became vulnerable? And I don't know about you, when he said that the wind of the waves were picking up and he told the people on the boat, throw me overboard. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little bit more fearful about being thrown overboard on a ship in a storm than I would be to preach to Nineveh. It sounds a little bit worse. Look at the mess he got himself into. He was vulnerable. Vulnerable. And don't allow that to happen in your life by choosing the wrong thing, even though it might look godly, to become vulnerable. I'll just finish on this, this story of about five years ago now when me and Emma used to live in a house back out in towards Ely Way. It was about 20 miles to the church here. And when we lived out there, we used to travel to church on a Sunday morning and Sunday night meeting. So we had two meetings here. So to come to church for us was 80 miles a day driving on a Sunday. And then on a weeknight, we had what then was the cell groups, which is a little bit like the prayer meetings. In, and our cell group was held in the church here. It wasn't a, in a house. And I remember the many times for a few years that we lived in this house that we would drive to after work because it was such a long drive to drive back to where we lived and come back into to come to a cell meeting. We literally had to leave work, come and eat in the car in the, in the back here in the car park and then come straight into the meeting, stay here and then go home. We'd get home about 10 o'clock at night sometimes. On Sunday we'd do the two trips to do 80 miles. The petrol was costing us a lot of money and because we, went, we couldn't afford to live close then, we had to move out. And I'll never forget that I used to think, what is, what is happening? Why? We're trying to get onto the property ladder. We're trying to, to, to do the things that we believe God wants us to do in the church here and just to be here to do all the things God wants us to do. And I remember thinking, I'd love to be able to move to closer to, to Cambridge just so that we can ease that burden. And I'll never forget, I just used to pray to God saying, God, if only. And I used to give a picture of what I'd, I'd just ask God for. And I asked God, not in the motive of asking because I wanted to live in the city. God knows when I say this now, I never asked him for that. I asked him because I wanted to fulfill what I believed he wanted us to do here. To relieve the burden of the traveling. To to be, be around more without it being tiring. And I said to God, I said, I want us to move and then... It came up to a, a choice when we had to move here, and it was a big, big thing, a big financial uh, burden for us to move. And I wondered whether or not we were going to be able to actually achieve it and do it. And I'll never forget when we saw the house that we liked, we really sensed that it was a place where God wants to be. It was just perfect for us for all the locations we had to get to for work and church. And I'll never forget when we, me and Emma, uh, we, we were at home, and I said to Emma, I said, we can't really afford to pay the asking price for this house. We need to offer less, but it was people were, it sounded like people were putting bids in this house to buy it. And uh, I said to Emma, I said, let's pray. I want you to go away, and I want, um, we're both going to go away, and I want us to pray that God will show us the amount, the figure, the exact figure that we should put in for, even though they're saying a figure on this house. And so we did that. And we didn't spend long. I said, just go away and ask God. Simple. We don't have to spend three hours praying. 
Just ask him. That's what he wants us to do sometimes. Just listen after he's said it, not keep talking. And we came back together again, and I'll never forget this. The figure that he, that he said to me in this quiet time, within another space of 20 minutes, half an hour, we came back and said, what do you reckon? The exact figure is what I said, is what Emma said, and it was an obscure figure. It was something that you'd think, well, you know, it could be coincidence. We all get that, don't we? But I just sensed that God was saying to offer this, so we did. And I, and I know you're probably thinking at this stage, this sounds like an awesome story, and I should write a book on this one, that everything went to plan, but it didn't. Everything went against us, because when we put it in, they said that you've got someone else bidding against you. Actually, when it, to go back to that time, we were going, when we were bidding for the house, there were certain reasons, which I won't go into now, that suggested that we were being tricked. A few things that showed us that we'd been tricked into whether or not there was actually someone else bidding. And that's when we had to trust God, you see. Do we believe what someone is tricking us here? And let me tell you, I do believe it was happening. Or do we trust God and say, stick at the figure, don't believe that someone else is there, and we'll still get it at that. And let me tell you what I did. I didn't trust God. I was so wanted what I, where we wanted to live that we put in the figure for the asking price. I'd love to say today that we chose to stick at that figure. And do you know what? I don't believe that we're in the wrong place because of that. I believe God has to readjust and say, if you'd have just listened to me, I could have made it even easier. Because today God has made it easier for us anyway. But he could have made it that little bit easier. And it was a lesson that I learned that maybe if I'd have had enough trust, what would have happened? I'd love to know if I'd have stuck at that figure. But I'll never know. But one thing it's taught me is that I just sense God saying to me after, if you'd have trusted me, you'd have, sh- you'd have seen that you'd have you'd still been in the same place. It's not that you've made the wrong decision, but listen to your dad sometimes. Who knows everything, who has a heavenly perspective who looks at things from a different view, who can see everything. And I wish I had done. But let me use that as a lesson today, that if it comes your way, that kind of decision, try and trust him so that you can stand here and testify to what God's done in your life. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.